three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is Neil Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope everyone's having a good start to the weekend. Oh, hooray! It's election week. Uh, <laughs> the most, the one of the most stressful times. <sighs> okay, so let's just call this what this is. 2020 has been a very rough year. Uh, and I'll say for myself, it's been a rough year just for the podcast as far as uh, for, for those of you who have listened uh, continuously and have been devoted listeners. First off, thank you. Uh, secondly, I myself took a break from the podcast between honestly, it's January and March. And pretty much when I said, all right, I'm ready to get back in the saddle, uh, COVID hit. And obviously COVID has, um, COVID has rocked everyone's life. It's been just an absolutely terrible thing. And so honestly, in that spirit, because we are looking at, we are in election week. I have a review here for Unfit, The Psychology of Donald Trump, which is something I really hesitated to review, if I'm being honest, because I will say myself, while I have definitely not been uh, shy about taking the occasional dig at uh, at Trump or Giuliani or whomever, I, I was really struggling because this is such a dense documentary, and I'll be honest... Uh, everyone, I don't know how long this review is going to go, pretty much until I kind of just feel like I can't talk anymore. But I would say, obviously, Lord willing, if you voted already, you did a mail-in ballot, or uh, if you voted early, then, you know, God bless your votes in, what have you. But if you haven't voted, and for some reason you're on the fence, which I'll be honest, if you're on the fence, I, I don't know how you are. Uh, it needs to be Biden considering just how Trump has handled COVID alone. But I really want to get into why this documentary hit me so hard. So obviously Trump is going to have his supporters no matter what they have. Trump supporters have this just force field up that when you go ahead and try to present facts, it doesn't matter. They are hopelessly devoted to him. And the way I would compare it, honestly, it's to uh, Jovan, uh, I think it's Jovan, how you said, uh, Jovan Schmidt, uh, the Red Skull in uh, Captain America. And I know Hunter using a comic book reference, how original. But honestly, you think about Hydra and how Hydra is a cult. And honestly, now I don't know if this, I, I would not say this is true for everyone. And I'll get into the reasons why. But Trump followers really are closer to a cult than they have any right to be. And before I was doing the podcast and while I was going to school, I was a psych major. And a lot of the things that they bring up in this documentary went, oh, wow, I remember talking about that or writing a paper on that or that's really fascinating. So as we just dive in here, so I will say for myself, when Trump was elected, I wasn't the biggest fan of Hillary. I voted for Hillary because, again, she's not nearly as racist as Trump is. The Clintons have plenty of skeletons in their closet, I'm sure. But 
between the two candidates, Hillary for me was easily uh, the better candidate. But Hillary is, let's call it what it is, she's very unlikable. And so when Trump won, I was like, well, this sucks. But look, even with someone like George Bush, uh, uh, George Bush Jr., something that I always have said is, look, everyone does what they, everyone runs a different campaign and everything. Maybe he will be better and calm down once he gets in the office. And to be honest, guys, no, <laughs> he hasn't. He's actually gotten worse since he's been in office, which is almost impressive if he wasn't such an asshole. So just as we dive in here, we we could break down the amount of lies, like breaking down the amount of lies. I believe it's um, because the documentary breaks this down. Trump has told 19,127, I believe is the exact number, misleading or f- misleading or flat out falsehoods since his inauguration day. That breaks down roughly to about 15 lies a day, which even Jim Carrey in the 90s making liar liar would say, wow, you really need to tone it down. It's kind of insane that someone has been that just full of shit and continues to have people support him. And I think that for me, uh, for me myself has been what's been so incredibly frustrating, irritating when you try to point these things out and people just go, no, 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 he didn't mean it. Or he was joking. You have to, at some point he's no longer joking. And he even said, I don't kid when he, and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't kid. Cause Trump's not funny. Uh, it makes sense that he wouldn't kid. So just to start this off, we look at someone like Sean Spicer and no, not Melissa McCarthy. I'd actually, I actually like that Sean Spicer, but Sean Spicer, the person talks about the fact that there's no reason at all to lie about the size of the amount of people. I know you thought you're going, I was going somewhere else. There's no reason to lie about the size of the amount of people at your inauguration. It's just the fact that Obama's was bigger, not just because he's black, but because, but that Obama, so many people turn out for Obama, not that many people turn out for Trump. And from day one, this administration has been lying. Now, I understand Trump is a politician. Every politician lies. Everyone, even Obama, who I adore, has lied before. But it's the amount of lies. It's the fact that he's lying about stuff he doesn't need to lie about. Uh, Kellyanne Conway, who I have several issues with, she talks, uh, day one, she talks about the fact that, oh, Trump just presented an alternative fact. An alternative fact isn't a fact. Um, no, that's not how this works. Uh, and that was something, this is maybe five minutes in the documentary. I was like, wow, we're five minutes in and I'm already irritated. Uh, George Conway, who of course is the husband of, uh, Kellyanne, uh, you know, his wife being Trump's campaign and, uh, campaign manager, he talked about the fact, and there are so many people who contribute to this documentary, which is for me why it's so effective, because you're getting multiple points of view. You're getting uh, views from people who used to be Republican. George Conway talked about the fact that he had been a Republican since 1980. And like myself, he talked about the fact that he was hopeful that once uh, he got in the office that he would calm down and would only go off the rails as he puts it every third day. But once he got in that position of power, uh, he lost 
the incentive to be disciplined. And I will say for me, that's been the big thing. I think that's been really eye-opening. It's the fact that as a party, the amount of shit that the Republican Party has let Trump just get away with. While I am no fan of Megan with Kelly, I remember when he talked about she was bleeding out of her wherever. And as as a guy, I'm sitting here going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why aren't more people freaking out about this and how it really just kind of went away? And that's so much what seems like happens with this dude. It's really kind of uh, really kind of insane when you think about it. Uh, George Conway put it perfectly, I think, for me. He talked about the fact that Trump is a practical joke that got out of hand. And that's exactly what happened, because let's be real, everybody. When Trump announced that he was running for president, I remember at the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump when he brought up the fact that, oh, like, I'm going to run for president. I remember thinking, bullshit, he's not going to run. But then he runs, and what platform did he really run on? Making America great again. But when he was always asked, how are you going to do that? Really never had an answer. It was always something very superficial and just very hollow without actual legislation behind it. And that is the thing that the documentary does such a great job of is hammering home the point of it's really about feelings with Trump. It's not about actually getting shit done. Um, They talked to a psychiatrist, uh, Justin Frank, who graduated from Harvard University. He wrote this book called Trump on the Couch, which I'm going to have to get. He flat out says Trump is a sociopath, a sadist, a racist, a misogynist, and a sexist in general. And it's, I mean, obviously not nothing that's going to, you know, blow your mind. But something that did blow my mind is they talk about uh, the Goldwater rule, which is something that I've heard brought up on C-SPAN and stuff like that. And Republicans have have brought this up before because back in 1964, uh, this guy Barry Goldwater ran for president. And in this magazine that's now been debunked uh, or, or is no longer active, uh, Fact Magazine, they uh, they did a, sur- a survey. Uh, uh, they did a survey talking about if he was fit to be president and several psychologists who, and we have to keep in mind, back in the 60s, everything was all about Freud. And unfortunately, they definitely overstepped. They talked about how they thought he was a latent homosexual, how he had a unresolved Oedipus complex. Goldwater sued them and the magazine, and he won. And ever since then, it feels like psychologists and psychiatrists can't go ahead and actually diagnose someone without being in the room with them. And the comparison that the documentary makes, I think it's fucking excellent, is they talk about it's as non uh, it's as nonsensical as saying an orthopedic surgeon can witness a football player most likely tear his ACL and not say that it looks like he tore his ACL because he wasn't on the field when it happened. And it's that sort of logic that's being applied that makes me go, um, that's not how this shit should work. And that that rule, the Goldwater rule, has really been used as a gag order, essentially, to keep psychologists and psychiatrists from doing their jobs. And I the thing about this documentary that it makes so clear is that the whole concept of science is under attack because of this presidency. 
we think about something like climate change or global warming. What, what was something Trump was running on? He was running on coal. I'm going to bring back coal jobs. And as an American, I just sit back and I go, first, I, first off, I think of Zoolander when, <laughs> when he's in the coal mines, which always makes me laugh. But secondly, who would want to work with coal? You get dirty. It's gross. You can't breathe. Uh, it It's horrible who would want to work in a fucking coal mine i know it makes good money but my god solar energy makes so much more sense and it's safer and it's better for our planet that we're destroying and the film really goes into that and uh, the documentary really goes into that and that's something in particular that uh that really made me go huh that's really interesting something else i do want to point out because i feel like Trump supporters will bring this up. It feels like some people are going to bring up the fact that having any sort of mental disorder would make someone a bad president. And I don't think that's true at all. Uh, before I watched this documentary, the, uh, the documentary brings up the fact that Lincoln, uh, uh, Lincoln being so melancholy and being depressed is actually what helped him win the civil war and be able to bear the weight, uh, be able to bear the weight of it. But the thing that Trump doesn't have that Lincoln does have is empathy and you look at Trump and all of his really all of his speeches and you think about the people people from Trump's inner circle or his his menagerie of fools um you really notice that they don't leave they don't leave peacefully it's never like a, oh thanks for your service and goodbye it's these people that are getting just thrown really just thrown out of the white house almost like he's uncle phil and these people are jazz and he's just throwing them out he's just throwing them away and at some point when I mean, you look at the amount of people who have left his uh, not his campaign but his his party his inner circle there's a point where you raise an eyebrow or you should and go huh that's kind of odd that so many of these people keep uh keep leaving uh the other thing too uh, you look at someone like Clinton, because I, because I, I, I can already hear people going like, "What about Bill Clinton?" Yes, Clinton. As I mentioned earlier, the Clintons have their skeletons. Do not misunderstand. Clinton was a great president, uh, not a moral president, but a good president. And his a uh, hypo, uh, his hypomania is actually what helped with his charisma and made him very, you know, jovial and seemed very easy to talk to. But then that went ahead and compromised him in, in other ways, obviously with his sexuality. In the whole Monica, uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal, which I'd like to point out, more people more people made a bigger deal about that issue than Trump, uh, than Trump's allegations of women, of being uh, of sexually assaulting women, which I find very disturbing, considering there are multiple allegations against Trump that we still haven't heard. Uh, definite. Oh yeah, I didn't do that. I mean, of course he denies it. Why the hell wouldn't he? But would just like to point that out too. The thing that I think is where this documentary really starts to dive in is that the uh, the documentary talks about how Trump shows clear signs of the most severe personality disorder, which is a uh, mal uh, malignant narcissism. Uh, fun fact that was introduced <laughs> to tie it back to Captain America. Uh, it was introduced by er uh, Eric Fromm, who escaped the Nazis and. After he escaped the Nazis, he spent the whole rest of his life trying to understand the psychology of evil. And he broke it down into four steps. Narcissism, which Trump clearly is. Paranoia, which Trump 
always is uh, antisocial personality disorder and sadism. And you think about something like how he talks about how like, I have a great brain. And when he's asked, oh, when you're going through these pre- uh, these uh, these briefings, who are you speaking to? Oh, I'm speaking with myself. And, you know, he's talking about how, oh, I know the most I have the I have words. I have the best words. That's my terrible Trump impression. But he does that. He talks about how there's no one who probably knows more about the environment than he does, which is fucking absurd to hear him say or talk about how, you know, I'm the least racist person, you know, uh, when he's talking to reporters. It's it's really quite insane when you think about how he went after Obama about his birth certificate. First off, no base in reason there. Just a fucking conspiracy theory for him to peddle to his base. But even when it's brought, even when Obama proved him wrong, clearly people, he always finds a way to make himself the victim. And it's the demonization of people who disagree with him that for me as an outsider is the part that scares me the most because Look, we can agree to disagree on, you know, not important shit. You know, you see Marvel uh, uh, is Megan Thee Stallion a better rapper than Nicki Minaj. She is, by the way. Uh, You know, did the Dodgers actually win the World Series this year? They didn't. Uh, Stuff like that. But when we're talking about policy, we're talking about the things that will affect this country and affect us, our day to day, there needs to be more of a sense of urgency. And the documentary does a really great job of of bringing that up. Can we also talk about the fact that Trump University, that shit just kind of seemed to go away. He had connections with Jeffrey Epstein. Why the hell is that not being brought up? Uh, there's no there's there's no checks or balances with him because Melania, she just seems like she's just trying to get through this marriage. I, I think she's praying that Biden lose uh, that Biden wins this week so she, she can divorce Trump and be over this shit, which Honestly, I don't blame her, but also, why did you marry Trump in the first place? Why did you think that <laughs> you'd be the one to make him happy? Trump's never happy. He's only happy when he's making fun of people and being being cruel. Going through his tweets, because I went through a couple tweets, and, and luckily the documentary did this for me, but we uh, back in May, May 8th, 2013, he says, you know, sorry losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest, which really... My IQ is one of the highest, and you know it. You'd think you know how to run a casino business if that was the case. But sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest, and you know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. And I have to say, for a man who has a decent amount of money, I know he owes money to several people because, of course, he does. But for someone who has this much cachet, for someone who's the president of the free world, as much as I hate to say it out loud, the fact that you're so insecure is really quite alarming. And after watching this documentary, that was the thing for me. That was my biggest takeaway: is that he's a child, um, not just because the size because uh, of the size of his hands, but he's a child. He's a malnourished, ineffectionate, really just dumb kid. At the end of the day, in a 70, how old is he, 73-year-old man's body, however old he is. Betty White looks better, and she's in, like she's almost however old. But that's what Trump is. And 
the fact that he takes such pleasure in humiliating and degrading people and how people like at Fox News go, oh, it's so cool. I was shaking up the status quo when he's, you know, owning these trolls on Twitter. It's, there is a point where you go, because I remember when Obama was president, he got he got shit from the right because he would be on Twitter, you know, every couple days or whenever it was. Trump is on Twitter constantly. And I don't hear those same criticisms. I mean, I will be the first to admit, I definitely lean more left than right, but I'm very consistent in my criticisms. I was criticizing Obama for how much he was on Twitter uh, back in the day. It, it's absurd to think about how often uh, this man is on Twitter and just doesn't seem to be doing, you know, his job. When there is a rule in, psych uh, in psychology called the uh, uh, Tarasoff rule, which is where uh, a therapist imposes a duty to go ahead and warn appropriate people when a patient may present a risk or harm to a specific person. This was founded because back in the 70s, and they didn't say where the case happened, which I really wish they would have, but they talk about the fact that this guy went to his therapist and said, I'm going to kill my girlfriend. The therapist didn't say anything. Girlfriend ends up dead. And then you have that obviously on your conscience, but you, a life was lost when it didn't need to be. And so they bring up the fact that all these psychologists, all these, all these people, all these people in the, in the, uh, in the scientific field who agreed to go ahead and participate in this, they are doing so because as a country, they need to warn us that we are in dire straits and that we cannot afford for this man to have another four years. And that part in particular really hit home and it really pushes how important this election is. And if you have not voted, please go out and vote. If, if, if you need to take an Uber, if you need to text a friend, I know COVID's a thing. Hopefully you guys are all quarantining. I myself have been since it all started. It's, it sucks. I understand everyone. It sucks. But if there's any reason to actually go outside besides all the Halloween parties that you're probably at, cause I saw a lot of that on my Instagram, Go out and vote. Please, for the love of God, go out and vote. The interesting question that I believe uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway's husband brings up is, uh, no, it's not. It, it wasn't him. It was another psychologist. But they bring up the fact that to whom history, to whom will history be kinder? Those who spoke up when Trump was in office or those who were silent? And I think that's a very fair question because, again, I understand Biden's not, trust me, in my perfect world, I would have a Bernie Warren ticket. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to vote for Biden. And I'm not crazy about Kamala Harris either. I, I There's something just about her that I'm, I cannot put my finger on. I think she's power hungry. I think that's what it is, but I'm not even a thousand, I'm not 100% on that yet. It's just my spider sense goes off a little bit whenever she's around. I don't know what it is. But for me, when you think about the amount of just environmental regulations that have been uh, that have been rolled back. When you think about immigrants being put into fucking cages and being separated from their parents, like at some point, common human decency needs to kick in. And that, for me, at the end of the day, is my biggest problem with our president. The very baseline, the very floor of human decency this man 
is unable to hit that level because again, he lacks empathy. Dr. Romani, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Dervasula, uh, who has a, who's a PhD. She's a professor of uh, psychology. She, uh, the term gaslighting, and I, and I didn't know this. I found this really fascinating, but it comes from a play in the thirties where a man was trying to drive his wife mad and kept turning the gaslights, the lamps up in their house, uh, up and down. So, you know, she would ask, Oh my God, like what, what, what's happening? And he'd go, Oh, you're, you're just imagining things. You're just seeing things. And it's a, it really is a form of emotional abuse because you're saying out to confuse the person and completely negate their way of thinking. That's what Trump does, because when you bring up the fact that he said, oh, you know, like I always think back to that Access Hollywood, uh, Billy Bush uh, whole thing where, you know, you're talking about, you know, you just kiss up on girls. You just walk in the room and, oh, I didn't know you're in here and all that shit. I'd like to point out that Billy Bush really doesn't have a career anymore. And yet Trump just kind of got away with it. And my question is, why the hell is that? Why aren't people holding this man's? Feet to the fire because I'm gonna say it like, like I have said on prior reviews. If you follow me on social media, uh, J Hunter Real Pineapple on Twitter, this man, if Obama did five percent, if if Obama said five percent of the shit that Trump has said, people would be in front of the White House like that scene in Beauty and the Beast with fucking torches. Don't even pretend. That they wouldn't be. and But that's what we're dealing with right now. And I think that's the part itself that's really been driving me kind of nuts about this whole uh, this whole presidency. Anthony Scaramucci, who, when I saw him, I just immediately thought Bill Hader, uh, the mooch. But he brought up a really good point. He was like, you can hate Trump because he you can hate Trump because he hate, hates obnoxious things. But he's a reflection of the cultural Zangeist. He's an avatar of that anger. Um, he talks about how, you know, building Trump Tower, building all those, uh, you know, those uh, apartments or whatever in there, how, you know, he built himself a triplex, you know, how it looks like Louis XIV smoked crack and then decorated it, how he has pictures of himself in magazine covers up there, like how it's very vain, shocking, I know, Uh to uh to him and how he really has almost this fetish of himself independent of even his wife which i which you know i don't have enough time to even delve into that shit but the thing that for me i found uh, one of the other things i found interesting is that trump growing up in queens uh his dad uh built a lot of lower middle you know middle income housing uh fred trump being a very successful business uh, is a very successful businessman, but at the same time, he was a dishonest, crooked guy who stole from the federal government, like father, like son. Uh, wouldn't let black people move into his apartments. Which, again, if you're one of those people who says that Trump isn't a racist, you, come on, like you, you're you're lying to yourself. But his dad taught him you have to be a killer, you have to be tough. Really taught him not to be weak. And while you know that might be admirable in the world of business when you are the president of the fucking free world you need to have a little empathy and you have some sympathy and learn to work with people and this man clearly has no interest in doing that uh they talk about 
and I wasn't really aware of this that um, until a couple years ago, but that Trump and Howard Stern were actually really good friends and how even Howard Stern in the last couple of years has been like, yeah, this guy's insane. Don't fucking vote for him. But they talked to this one woman who is a Howard Stern, uh, big Howard Stern fan, how she's a listener of his radio show and how she met Trump at a party and Trump. And I'm, I'm, I'm quoting the woman here. She flat out said, why would I speak to you when there's so many beautiful women here? I wouldn't even let you suck my dick. That is our president saying that shit. And I know what people are going to say. Well, that was a long time ago. I'm sorry. How's he been treating women since he's been president? I mean, ask Megyn Kelly. Ask uh, that woman at the, um, where he called uh, uh, COVID the, the, the Chinese flu. And she asked, you know, why did you say that to me? He's like, oh, you know why. He does shit like this all the time. So the thing is... <laughs> This is not a Christmas carol. You're not going to change in the twilight of your career, in the twilight of your life. At least Trump isn't. This is who he has been since it seems like he was really since he was old enough to know better. It seems like he has always been this sort of just misogynistic, terrible human being. And this is what he does. So giving him more wealth is not going to deter him and make him a better person. It's going to make him more of a dick. You know, pa absolute power corrupts. And Trump has been clearly corrupted before this. Uh, again, bring up this to Trump University thing. Uh, Rick Riley, who's a sports writer, uh, he wrote this book, uh, author, uh, he's an author of Commander and Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump. And he talked about how, it's something I didn't really think about because I'm not a huge golf fan, but he talks about the fact that golf is the easiest sport to cheat at and that how and how it reveals your character if you don't cheat or it reveals your character that you do and how Trump rigs his golf carts to only go 30 uh, to only his golf cart to go 30 miles per hour. Everyone else can go 15 to 18 so he can get a quick shot, recover the ball quickly if need be. Uh, he talked about he talks about how he tried to cheat Tiger Woods in a round of golf and how he puts uh, the, the marker for the ball on the edge of his putter. So if he needs to move it three feet to the left to get closer to a putt, that he would do that. You think about the amount of shit just off that alone. I was like, that's, that's diabolical. Like that, the fact that you feel that insecure in yourself to go ahead and cheat at fucking golf. There's no shame in losing a Tiger Woods. I mean, it's not like you're married to him. Well, oh my God. Him and, that explains why him and Trump were playing golf together. They're both adulterers. Totally makes sense. But I love this line that Rick Riley drops. He says, as a writer, I love Trump because he would say anything. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, give me more. As an American, he terrifies me. Because if you think that he's not going to cheat at golf, you don't think he's going to cheat to stop an election to get information from foreign countries? He, he really talked about that. And that was something I really found very... Uh, very apropos and very insightful. Uh, they talked to this guy, Bill Crystal, who's a Republican political analyst. He has worked in D.C. for over 30 years. And here's the part, I think, for me at the documentary that I went, this is really important. Because while, again, I definitely lean more left than right, the thing that I think people forget, uh, what was it, a year or so ago, when uh, Amazon opened up that new... Uh, that new headquarters, I believe it's in New York. 
that's kind of been my big problem with just our political system in general. We look at these people, you know, Trump talked about it, you know, like the people who are working coal mines and the blue collar workers and uh, blue collar workers and all that. The fact of the matter is Amazon's not going to Wyoming. Amazon's not build. Uh, Apple's not building, you know, a uh, Apple campus in, uh, you know, in like North Dakota. But those are places that have my fellow Americans that need jobs, that want to get into the tech sector, that you could take away these coal jobs, present them with these better opportunities, help grow those areas. I'm not saying every place needs to be, you know, New York or uh, uh, Silicon Valley or anything like that, but we need to do a better job, uh, you know, Republican or Democrat, we need to do a better job of looking out for those those other states that don't that you don't immediately think, you know, oh, uh, you know, Montana, you know, they're like this huge tech spot. But you could put tech companies and stuff out there. You could give them more incentives to go ahead and provide more jobs, help boost the state economies. That's something that we just need to, as a country, look into. Um, it's incredibly frustrating. You look at Trump uh, with. But it's economic anger from those people. And honestly, in that aspect, when you hear someone come out and say, oh, you know, I understand you. I'm going to make America great again. I'm going to take care of you. It doesn't take a lot when you feel that disenfranchised and that screwed over and that overlooked to go ahead and speak to those people. And on that aspect, I honestly get it because that's something that Hillary did not do a great job of doing is speaking to those uh, to people in more rural areas who felt like they were just being glossed over. So in that aspect, I honestly understand it uh, just to show that I'm not, you know, just railing on Trump because, you know, I, I think he sucks. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And there's, there, there, there's so much here to, to, to go ahead and break down, but you look at him hiring Steve Bannon, who was, a, who's a white nationalist in a great a piece of shit. Like, he's somehow worse for me than Alex Jones, which is actually almost impressive. But you 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 look at what he has done. You look at the people he's hired. At some point, we need to look back and look at someone like Mussolini and look at Hitler. This is the playbook that they use. You know, these very boisterous speeches, really not talking about anything, but trying to rally a small, like rally people who felt like they had been screwed and it really paints a very ugly picture of where democracy is now again i personally think biden's gonna win this week um but you know before i get to my final thoughts i, I wanted to bring this up with the whole bus situation in uh in texas where those uh were biden harris uh campaign went ahead and canceled that rally because they were almost ran off the side of the road and how Trump goes, Oh, I don't think they did anything wrong. You know, I thought they were being Patriots. Whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, when it comes to endangering people's lives and running them off the side of the fucking road, that's where your morality needs to kick in period. Cause look again, I hate Trump. I think he sucks. I'm not sitting here on mic saying, oh, I hope something bad happens to him because as someone who's lost a father, no kids should have to live their life without their parent. I understand how shitty that is. But for this man to not condemn his base for being absolute assholes, 
He should be ashamed of himself, period. And the fact of the matter that not more of his base are going, well, that was really, you know, I, I love Trump, but that's wrong. And why are we trying to do that? Is quite disgusting to me, to be quite frank. And the last thing I'll say before I get to my final thoughts here, Ivana Trump, which was Trump's, I don't know, second, third, fifth wife, who the fuck can keep track at this point. She mentions in their divorce papers that Trump used to love to read Hitler's speeches to get himself hyped up. I don't know why Hitler's speeches are getting you excited, you sick son of a bitch, but that's something that he would do. And here's the last thing. Um, a lie or prejudice, it becomes accepted reasoning. When you repeat it three times, it makes it fact. And if you notice in a lot of Trump speeches, I went back and I watched a couple of them, which I was not thrilled to do, but just to really hammer home the point, he does that a lot. It's a classic dictator 101. Uh, it's right out of the playbook. So when you think about how evil this man has been, it's not surprising that he would go to that shit. Um, this right here, for me, this election, it's very, it's, it's, he is not Adolf Hitler. He's more Mussolini. Let's call it what it is. He's way closer to Mussolini than he is to Hitler. And before, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you go, oh, that's bullshit. Come on. I'd like to point out how many people were saying Obama was a Muslim or he was the Antichrist. And of course, he's not. And so you don't get to be offended by Trump being compared to Mussolini. But in this, but years ago, been telling people that Obama was the Antichrist for Muslim. So you need to shut the fuck up on that. So sorry, don't even try to spin that with me. With that said, uh, I'm not going to give this a fan fucking tastic because I'll be honest, the documentary itself, it's the best documentary I'll probably never watch again. But at the end of the day, people, Trump, when it, one of my favorite quotes is, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And this man has shown us that he is a racist, that he's a sexist, that he's misogynistic, that he doesn't care about the American people. Because let's be real, how has he handled COVID? He's gone ahead and just acted like this is something that was going to go by, and it's still sticking around. Unlike Trump, the virus doesn't discriminate. It will go after whoever is in the fucking area, so we really need to take this seriously. And the fact that he downplayed masks, the fact he got COVID, and really... We haven't really heard much about his health. I'd like to point out, he says he's fine, but of course he'd say he's fine. Why was he going to be go ahead and look weak because of the evil COVID? That's who he is. He is a boisterous showman, not a president. So I'm going to give this a solid A because, again, as, I, as, as a psychology buff, as just someone who loves to break things down, this film in particular, it's going to upset people. It's going to rattle feathers. But honestly, it's supposed to. And again, if you haven't voted, please go out and vote for Joe Biden. I understand he's not the best choice again. And I just have to say to last thing in closing, I promise. What does it say about our country that out of the millions of people that are in this nation, that these are the two best people that we could get? It's a rhetorical question, but it's something to really think about. But let's be real. Everyone wants to go back outside. Everyone wants to get back to some sense of normalcy. Trump's not helping us with that with COVID. If we're going to go ahead and get back to some semblance of the way things were, we need to flatten the curve. And he's not taking this shit seriously. And we have lost over 200,000 Americans because of it. So 
unfit have you watched it let me know what you thought in the comments below go ahead and hit that subscribe button you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts you can like us on facebook at the real pineapple and you can go ahead and follow yours truly on twitter at j hunter real pineapple and you can follow my colleague scott on twitter at nearman the first um everyone whether you're a trump supporter or not please stay safe out there please take care of each other things will get better i know things are insane right now but it will get better but we need to be careful we need to take care of each other so please do so and we'll talk to you soon we'll be back with reviews soon take care everybody